1: Right to this world, all alone, you take your soul, you're on your
2: own. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to Weigh In Sports Talk. I am your host, Brian Tarvin. We have a lot to cover tonight. The NFL playoffs are among us. I mean, it's here, four games this weekend, we're going to discuss all four, and and maybe preview the the next weekend's games coming up, and the bowl games are almost complete. The ones that matter are there's one tonight and then the national championship game next weekend. A lot to discuss. Has the SEC fallen? I mean, that's a question we're going to discuss tonight. What does it mean that the SEC West was 2-5 and five in their bowl games? And really an embarrassing time for the SEC. You know, you, you hear all the time how great and powerful – the SEC is, how bad the Big Ten is, and all of a sudden, you know, the SEC finished the bowls 7-5. and It's that's, that's probably three games below what I had them projected, and probably everybody had them projected. Ole Miss losing to TCU wasn't a shock, but the way they lost was a shock. Mississippi State losing to Georgia Tech, Auburn losing to Wisconsin, and the main one of them all, Alabama getting embarrassed by Ohio State with the third-string quarterback. So we'll talk about all that tonight and much more. If you'd like to call into the show, 646-716-5564. I'm trying to get in a comfortable position. I have a neck injury, and it's bothering me, so it's hard to to stay still, really, and be comfortable. But I'm here. Hopefully we'll have a co-host, Trey Patterson, show up in a few minutes and join us for the show. But what do you think about the first weekend of the wild card playoffs in the NFL? A lot to discuss about this tonight. I want to, I want to talk about, you know, Cincinnati and, and Detroit really Cincinnati to start with. This is a team that pays our quarterback, Andy Dalton, $14 million per year. And yet they can't get to the playoffs. Who do you blame for this? Do you blame Dalton? Do you blame Marv Lewis? I mean, Lewis has, I mean, it's just how do you keep him as your head coach in Cincinnati if all you can do is get to the playoffs and get embarrassed every time? Andy Dalton, I've heard how great he is. Andy Dalton's terrible, guys. I mean, it's—I just—I just I just can't understand why you would pay him $14 million a year to be your quarterback. The guy was okay at TCU, and here he is in the NFL, never received one playoff win. And here's Cam Newton last night getting his first playoff win. It didn't take him uh, forever to get one either. It's his second time playing in the playoffs he gets a win. So if you've been there four or five times, I think you should. I don't care if, if, if Green was out or not, really. I mean, you still making $14 million a year should show up. And uh, 18 of 35 for Dalton, 144 yards. The only good thing about it, he didn't throw a pick. So I guess that's good. But that's terrible. You look at Andrew Luck, 31 for 44. I mean, he threw for 368 yards. I'm just like no interceptions. So Andrew Luck and Andy Dalton, there's no comparison between the two quarterbacks. But you would expect Cincinnati to be able at some point in time to get a playoff win. That's what I want to talk about. Andrew Luck, that's what he's supposed to do. I'm glad I predicted them at home today. And it doesn't have much to do with, with A.J. Green being out. It had more to do with Andrew Luck to me. He is one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. Andy Dalton's not. But the Bengals became the first team in NFL history to lose four consecutive opening round games. Sandy Dalton tied Warren Moon for the most consecutive opening round playoff losses by a quarterback. Marvin Lewis, the coach for Cincinnati, he tied Marty Schottenheimer, Jim Moore, and Steve Owen for most consecutive playoff losses, which is six, by any coach. I mean, that's terrible. I mean, it's not good enough anymore just to make the playoffs. It's, It's not good enough anymore. Just to say you got there. You've got to win a game every now and then. And I think this was Marv Lewis's chance to save his job. I don't see how you can continue and go on with him as your your head coach. I'm sorry. The Colts did it. They got it done. They're no stranger to the playoffs. And next week, Andrew Luck is going to Denver to play Peyton Manning, which that's going to be a great game. Denver opens up a a seven-and-a-half-point favorite in that one. But you look at Cincinnati – They had no running game to me. I mean, 21 rushing attempts. That's all they had for the day. And I guess when you're behind, that's what happened. But Hill had 47 yards. He was a leading rusher. Dalton even put in 34 yards. Glad to see him doing something. And even if you look at the Colts running, I mean, it's 56 yards for Heron, Tipton with 40. There was no Trent Richardson today. He's out for an injury. But if you look at all these teams in the playoffs right now, they're advancing, in my opinion you find elite quarterbacks. That's what you see, high-level high quarterbacks. Just like next weekend, you have Cam Newton, Russell Wilson. You have Tom Brady is going to be there versus Joe Flacco, Pete Manning versus Andrew Luck, Aaron Rodgers versus Tony Romo. It's no coincidence that all the teams I mentioned, all the remaining, what is it, eight teams that are in the playoffs have real good quarterbacks. Is, is that a shocker, and, and is there a reason why Andy Dalton's never advanced? Is because he's not very, a very good quarterback. I'm sorry. Cincinnati has a good enough defense to hold people in games. Dalton should have been able to beat the Indianapolis Colts. The Colts have no defense whatsoever, and they were shut out in the second half again. Cincinnati always comes in close in the first half. Once it's over with in the first half, they get dominated in the second half. They were outscored 13 to nothing by the Colts, so I'm sure it would have been much more had there been a closer game. But 6 to 15 for third downs for Cincinnati, it's just not cutting it. I'm sorry, 59 plays, only 254 yards of offense. I know you miss green. I get it. But there's other players out there. That's just terrible. And, and if you're Cincinnati – how long do you do you hold on to Dalton? I mean, that's what I want to know. How long do you hold on to this quarterback or coach that obviously can't win the big game for you? That's what we'll discuss throughout the week. And another game last night that was not a shocker to me, but Baltimore. Why did I pick Pittsburgh, first of all? They went 30-17 to on the road at Pittsburgh. Baltimore took care of business. It's every year. Baltimore comes in in the wild card. They go on the road and they get a win. This team does not know how to lose on the road. And I'm going to tell you something, New England. Be very careful next year, next week for this team coming in. They they find ways to win. The defense, Mosley at linebacker is just amazing. This defense will hurt you. And I just I just love watching the Baltimore defense play football. Pittsburgh is a team. They were without Levon Bell, but they did pick up. Ben Tate to to kind of carry the load, but he didn't really do anything. But it was an exciting game to watch. But we, it, it's just sad to see what I saw. I saw a Ben Roethlisberger just getting old, guys. He, he's not getting any younger. He's just I don't know. Three he he had a good night, 334 yards, but he was he was sacked way too many times. He threw two picks, only one touchdown. You expect more at home out of a quarterback of this caliber. Joe Flacco just quietly killed him, 18 of 29, 259 yards, two touchdowns, no no interceptions, and he was only sacked one time last night. So there was really no running game at all by both teams, really. It was just all passing. And at the end of the day, Baltimore's defense won the game for him. Joe Flacco managed the game. Like he's paid to do, I guess I think he makes a lot way too much money just to manage a game, but here they are again baltimore and and it's like you have to you do have to look at history when you when you're trying to predict these games sometimes I mean it was set up perfect for Baltimore to come in there and get the wins, and that's exactly what they did. The Baltimore Ravens took care of business, and Ben is just running for his life all night and took some hard hits made some mistakes and at the end of the day this is a, a new year this is not the regular season anymore to get out scored 20 to 8 at home is, in the second half is unacceptable i mean this this defense got pushed around by the offensive line of baltimore they i mean they just had all day to throw the ball and it's just not what you want to see as a pittsburgh fan so where do you go from here if you're pittsburgh you're not getting any younger Ben Roethlisberger, how long are you going to keep him? I mean, this is another year. You're going to you're going to come next year and you're going to do the same thing and you're going to get the same results. So, how long are the Pittsburgh fans out there going to put up with this mediocrity every year? So, it's time to find some new life. I'm not a big big fan of Tomlin, the coach. Wesley Snipes on the sideline. I mean, he's just he's okay. I mean, he's an okay coach. Obviously, the team's not getting better. So, it's time to to get rid of him and, and move on and find somebody that, that can. In the first game of the playoffs yesterday, I'm saving the best game for last, of course, the Carolina Panthers took care of business. Cam Newton getting his first playoff win, and it was a mixture of offense and it was a mixture of defense. The defense held these guys to a record for for the fewest yards in a playoff game, and that's just amazing when you think about it. 78 total yards for Arizona, 386 for Carolina. This game was never in question. Luke Keekley just came in and dominated on defense. This Carolina defense is starting, and I said it on the last show. Carolina wins this game, and all of a sudden they're starting to catch fire. They're going on the road to Seattle for a night game next Saturday night. This is a better matchup for Carolina than going to Lambeau Field and playing Aaron Rodgers right now because Russell Wilson – is not an elite quarterback to where he's just going to dominate you through the air. He, he's going to be able to run some, but Seattle's offense is not scary at all. It's it's all going to be on Cam Newton's shoulders. How's Cam Newton going to play? But Last night he did okay. I mean, he got his first playoff win, so I'm not going to hate on him right now. 18 of 32, 198 yards. And if you look at his rushing yards, he had 35 yards rushing. He didn't rush a lot last night, but, I'm I'm glad he's not. He doesn't need to. But let's look at Lindley, sixteen to twenty eight, eighty two yards, a touchdown, two picks. He was sacked four times. And I mean this is this is just crazy to see a quarterback that's this bad in the NFL. And I know he's third string. Ohio State won with their third string quarterback looked pretty good. This Lindley guy needs to needs to be out of the NFL and, and I don't think you'll ever see him again playing in the NFL. I mean this was embarrassing to watch for Jonathan Stewart the Carolina running back 123 yards on 24 carries gotta like what you see out of him and now we have Williams coming back I mean this is uh this is a team that's starting to gel up front on the offensive line the receiver's starting to catch some balls but the defense what about that defense and how about Fozzie Whitaker with a 39 yard touchdown reception? Greg Olson doing what he does best, three catches, 37 yards. They didn't utilize him as much. They didn't have to last night. But this game was dominated from the start to the finish by Carolina. Ten, ten points in the first quarter. They were about to go up 17 to nothing, but they fumbled a punt and actually gave some momentum to Arizona. Arizona actually went into halftime with a 14-13 lead, and Carolina scored them 14-2 in the second half to win 27-16, which sets up. A huge matchup with the hot Carolina Panthers versus the defending champion, uh, Seattle Seahawks. Gotta love the matchup next week if you're Carolina. This is a chance for you to go in, get a big win on the road, and, and take a chance to take a step forward to get into that Super Bowl. I don't think it'll happen, but hey, you never know where things have happened in the world of sports than Carolina going to Seattle and winning. We've seen wild cards advance a lot, make it to the Super Bowl. So, you never know what can happen. I'll be pulling for the Panthers to get it done. But in our final game of the day today was a it was a crazy game to say the least. And Dallas was down early fourteen to nothing. They made some good plays. They got back in it in the second half. And and here's another team that has no idea how to win. It is is Detroit when it comes to January. Matthew Stafford, I just knew it. Even when they were fourteen to nothing, I picked Detroit to win this game because of the defensive line of Detroit. But you have to tip your hat to Tony Romo and that Dallas defense because when it counted the most, the Dallas Cowboys stood up, and made sure they they were going to make some plays to get a win. I mean, how do you how do you fault Dallas? I know there were some controversial calls here in the game, but it, but it did go both ways. It wasn't like it was a perfectly officiated game. But Tony Romo, man, what a what a quarterback he is. Stafford had his 300 yards, but he just couldn't couldn't connect when it counted the most. Stafford, 28 of 42, 323, a touchdown and interception. Romo, 19 of 31, 293, two touchdowns, no interceptions, sacked six times. I mean, that shows you what kind of quarterback he is. To get hit as many times as he did, I mean, he he was getting killed out there. To keep getting back up, making plays. The defense, like I said, you have to credit the defense of Dallas for allowing them to get back in the game. Because you look at halftime, seventeen to seven, Dallas or Dallas was le- or trailing seventeen to seven. Then they outscored them seventeen to three in the second half. So great adjustments by the Dallas coaching staff and by the players to execute the plan. And what a game it was! The Dallas Cowboys. We'll go on the road next week. I think it's Sunday, the first game at 1 o'clock, and play the Green Bay Packers. And this is a Dallas team that is undefeated on the road. And let's bring on Mr. Cuervo to the show. Cuervo, I don't know what you thought, but the Dallas Cowboys, a lot of credit to that defense, allowing them to get back into that ballgame.
1: How about them, Cowboys? I'm on, I'm on the bandwagon, Tarvin. I'm on the I've been,
2: I've, been a, I've been a lifelong Cowboys fan.
1: Oh man, yeah! You should see all the cowboy posters I have that I just bought. Uh, all the the Romo jerseys that I just bought. I'm a huge Cowboys fan. Yeah. What's going on, Quervo? Well, I have
2: to. I have to ask you something. I mean, do you remember the first few games of the year when Dallas played at home? The road team made all the noise. I remember Colin Cowherd playing clips of how loud it was when Houston came to Dallas to play and now all of a sudden they're in the playoffs, and that place is deafening loud for the Cowboys. That's why I hate Dallas is because of all their bandwagon fans that run around.
1: Right. Yep. Yeah, and and for those who didn't know, I was, I was being sarcastic. I'm not a Cowboys fan by any stretch of the imagination, not a Cowboys fan. I mean, it was a great game and I picked Dallas to win. I, you know, I just felt like, you know, they finally get it from a mental standpoint and they, and it showed today. I mean, they're they're down by they're down by what, thirteen points, fourteen, almost
2: fourteen. Almost, yeah,
1: thirteen, fourteen, going to eight, with three minutes left in the third quarter, and you're like, well, so much for the Cowboys being a different team. So much for the Cowboys, you know, taking that next step. And all of a sudden, you know, a couple of plays swing their way, a couple of calls swing their way, and you got you have a different game. So yeah, you got to give credit. I mean, even though. A lot of people are going to say, well, you know, the the, the referees blew it or, or whatever you want, however you want to put it. I mean, Dallas, Dallas did what they were supposed to do. They took advantage of it, and, and they wound up winning the game. Yeah, and Tony Romo, how tough is he? I mean, he got <laughs> he got beat
2: down today, Cuermo. I mean, he was beaten, bruised, battered, and he just kept getting up, throwing strikes. You have to give it to Tony Romo. This guy is focused this year. The defense looks looks very – I mean, it looks good. I mean, he's playing hard in the second half. Murray got 75 yards and a touchdown. The good thing about it today, they didn't run Murray into the ground, which which means I like him going into Green Bay and for the rest of the playoffs.
1: I was worried about
2: him giving it to him 40 times today and killing it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I mean and, – and I don't know how many times Ndamukong Suh stepped on him or, or... – you know, kicked him in the groin or anything like that. But he I mean, he fought through it. He, he was there the whole game, and and um, you know, obviously his back injuries aren't bothering him anymore. Um, you know, he has no other type of injuries, at least that we know of. So, you know, Cowboy fans have they have, they have a healthy quarterback going into Green Bay next next uh, next weekend. Well, let's talk about that that bullcrap official picking up the interference flag.
2: And, and making Detroit punt, which they shanked it after that. But how do you pick up a flag when it's obvious? Even the head of officials is like, I have no idea why they picked up that flag. That was definitely interference. So, I mean, I don't, I don't like the fact that the officials haven't worked together all season long. I don't like this. I think you need certain you know, groups together that have consistency and camaraderie together and and are familiar with each other, you put all these clowns together and you're going to have crap happen like this. Somebody needs to be held accountable for this. This was a big, crucial call in the game. I mean, it
1: was terrible. And you know what's funny about that, Tarvin, is I thought these crews worked together during the the regular season and the postseason. I didn't necessarily know that they – Mix and match crews like that, like like you you know they were mentioning today. So when I heard that, I was like, well, hold on a second, how, why aren't why are they with the crews that they've worked with for you know the whole season? So that's what kind of threw me off. Is I thought that's that's how it always was, and you know, and, and you're right. I mean, it, 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 you can't do that because you know, and to make this make this as quick as possible, certain crews call certain things. um Differently, you know, uh, some some uh, some crews call passing interference more, some call holding more, some call, uh, you know, other calls. That, I mean, and, and coaches know that. But when you do, when you make crews mix and match, when you mix and match the crews, it's like then you get the confusion, you know, just like when you had the replacement refs, you got one guy calling touchback, the other one calling touchdown with that Seattle-Green Bay game, and it causes, you know, chaos and that's what, that's what you had today is, you know, the whole city of Detroit is probably on fire because they thought it was a pass interference call, and, and, and I think it was wrong to pick it up.
2: Well, Cuero, I have a question for you regarding the, the Carolina Panthers getting their first playoff win yesterday for Cam Newton. Going on the road, who do they match up better against? Is it Seattle in your mind or Green Bay? I think it's Seattle. I just want to hear what you think.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, Seattle is a better match for them just because, well, I mean, do you want to face Aaron Rodgers in the postseason or <laughs> Russell Wilson? I mean, I know Russell Wilson just, they just won last year, but man, Aaron Rodgers, when he's on it, ain't nobody, there's no one that can stop him, there's nobody that will be able to stop this guy, so, um, yeah, I think, I think they're a better match just because I think the defense can hang with that, with that, uh, Seahawks offense and vice versa I think I think the uh the the uh, offense of the Seahawks or the uh the Panthers offense against that Seahawks defense um you know the the one thing that you have to do with that against that defense is um you know pretty much you got to spread them out and I think with having guys like Benjamin and, and things like that you you can do that so um That's why I think Seattle is a better matchup.
2: Then we'll tell you what's going to happen with Carolina next weekend, what they're going to do. You can forget Sherman. We're not going to try to pick on him as much. We're going to run the zone read. That running game is starting to click with Stewart Williams is healthy back again, and you got Cam and these receivers. So Cam's going to come in in the zone read, and he's going to try to gash this defense, kind of get them in a hurry up like they did in college. And and see what can happen. I, I just think I like the matchup because I think Carolina's defense, Luke Keatlin, and those guys are going to be able to come in and and slow down Seattle. I just I'm not scared of them. They're not a big play team like Aaron Rodgers and Green Bay could do. So I think it's a great matchup. I think Carolina has a a, a decent shot, maybe not a good one, but maybe a decent shot to go in there and get a win. But I'm just excited to see these playoffs, and you got next week. You have Andrew Luck going against Peyton Manning, Cuervo, and you have Tom yep. Brady and Flack, Flacco. Which, which, which game in the AFC are you looking forward to the most?
1: Um, I'm, I'm looking more for as much as I love Peyton Manning. I think I think that that Ravens Patriots game is going to be uh, more uh, you know exciting than the uh, Broncos and the Colts because and th- those two teams they're very. Fundamentally, you know they're they're real basic when it comes to how they play. You know the Colts and the Broncos, they don't do anything flashy. They don't do anything you know that kind of wow you. However, the the Patriots, the Patriots and the Ravens have the ability to do that. I mean, you know when you got Tom Brady, uh, you know on one side, and you got you know guys like uh, Terrell Suggs on the other. You know that's going to be interesting to see when those two meet up. Uh, against each other, and um, you know, so I just, I just think that the the Ravens Patriots game, I think, they have more like, you know, edge of your seat type moments.
2: And Cuervo, C.J. Mosley, the rookie out of Alabama for the Ravens. I mean, uh, this kid, this kid is phenomenal, is not he?
1: He is, and and I think he's got a a, a well, I'd have to think about it, but. I think he's a strong candidate for, you know, Defensive Rookie of the Year, unless there's somebody I'm just totally forgetting about. But, um, well, I mean, He's
2: a pro bowler his first year. He's a pro bowler.
1: Yeah. So, I mean, that, I think that tells you everything you need to know about where his future is and where it's going to be. And like I said, I mean, Defensive Rookie of the Year, I think is definitely something you can consider him for. Well, it's just like in playoff time, this defense,
2: you know, during the regular season, they they just kind of get by and everything. But when it comes January, there's such a difference in this defense. I mean, is it that possible to turn it on? I mean, I mean, these are two different teams. I saw this is a different Baltimore
1: team than I saw during the regular season. Yeah, it is, and and that's what I think. That's what surprised me the most, and that's why I had picked the Steelers to win because I just felt like, you know. He, with the Ravens, it's like a box of chocolates. You know, you don't know what you're going to get with them. You don't know if it's going to be good Flacco, bad Flacco, good defense, bad defense. You know, what are you going to get with the with the Raven? We were talking about it yesterday on um, on the uh, Saturday morning show on the Couch Potato Sports Show. You know, you, you talk about Jekyll and Hyde. I mean, that is the Baltimore Ravens. So, um, you know, I just I just felt like the Steelers were very flat. They obviously missed Le'Veon Bell and um you know the defense i thought they were ready i really did i thought they they had what it took to get that to win that game at home and you know the defense yeah you know, it just shows you they're still young they're still inexperienced um i think their secondary needs a lot of work they need a lot of work and once once they get that figured out the Steelers will be back
2: well i have on the bingos real quick before we get into college how long are you going to keep Marv Lewis there in Dalton? I mean, like Sonny, I think Sonny said it. I can't remember. $14 million a year for Andy Dalton. He can't win a, a game in January. How much longer are you going to keep paying him $14 million? Uh, good
1: question. Good question. I mean, they, they just they just extended his contract, or they just signed him last year uh, in the offseason. So this was the first year of his. A uh, big payday contract. And, I mean, that, when, when that happens, Tarvin, that, that means you're you're in with this guy. You're all in with him. And uh, but this is what you get. And, and it's not like the Bengals didn't know. Tarvin, this is four years in a row now that the that the Bengals go one and done in the playoffs. So it's not like, oh, my God, you know, Andy Dalton just lost his first game today. Like, no, he's 0-4 in the playoffs. So I don't know what you thought was going to change just because he got the big payday. But um this is what you get with Andy Dalton. You get and and, and okay. And somebody's gonna say, well what if well they didn't have AJ Green today. You know what? Even if they had AJ Green, okay, this is a guy that still makes <laughs> mental mistakes and, you know, just makes bad decisions. So if, with AJ Green he's 0 three in the playoffs there. How about that? I mean, it doesn't really make a difference, in my opinion. Well, we'll be covering the the NFL
2: playoffs upcoming weekend, Wednesday night, and also on that being said, Sunday morning with Cuervo and the Couch Potato. So that's going to be three hours of, of intense breakdown. So I'm ready to to go over these games, and it's it's fun to to talk playoffs, Cuervo. That's when I become a big NFL fan. is Is when the playoffs start. And now having my boy Cam Newton in there. With a chance to to advance makes it even more interesting for me. So I'm glad at least somebody I likes um, I like moving a moving ahead into the playoffs. But let's get to to the college world here, Cuervo. I mean, did you think that that the SEC East would be five and zero after the bowl season, and the SEC West would be two and five?
1: Can I can I lie and say yes? I did know that. I did think that. <laughs> I mean, because if I said yes, I'd be lying to you. But yeah, I mean, you know, it's it's. Uh, I, I I tell you, I mean, I figured Florida would win their game. I figured Georgia would beat. Um, oh, who the hell did they play? Louisville. Yeah, Louisville. yeah. Uh, they they beat Louisville. Um, you know, of course, I was hoping Tennessee would beat Iowa, and um, you know, South Carolina won their bowl game as well. So. Out of the out of the five, you know, I at least thought they would that the SEC East would go two and three, maybe three and two at best. But um, you know, hey, they, they they swept it. They swept the board. So you know, so but, that, but you know I want to tell all these crazy.
2: I need to tell all y'all crazy fans out there
1: that's listening to this
2: show that that I've been reading SEC East. SEC East is better than the West. It was a little different competition for the East than it was. For the SEC yeah. West, I mean, you're you're playing some pretty crappy teams over there on that side, and on the West, seven teams made it, and they all seven were were teams equal or, or greater. Cuervo, so I, I still don't think you could say the SEC East is better. I think that's absurd to even say that.
1: No, it's it's just a bowl game. I mean, come on, you can For people that that determine seasons based on bowl games, I think. Uh, <laughs> I think I think you're you're uh you're, you need help, okay? As we put it that way, you need some help. Some, some you live in a home therapy. in your
2: mom's basement or something.
1: That's right. You're in mom's basement and freaking nerding it up. I love the SEC East or the West or whatever. See, I like I yeah. You know what? I mean personally, Harvin, I'm one of those guys where I like to, you know, that this is both seasons my opportunity to you know, root on the all the SEC teams. I just I just like to see the conference that that I'm a fan of, you know, my team is in, do well. But I'm not going to, you know, run on social media and bash, you know, the other side or anything just because they lost. Like, no. I'm not going to – I mean, I have more things to do. I have better things to do in my life. But I just think people are overreacting to, to both season. And, you know, it happens every year, Tarvin. We do it every year. You know, you know, that G East is better, or the West is better, or the Big Ten sucks, or the Big 12 is best, and blah, blah, blah. You know, but that's what makes college football great because of because of the rivalries, because of the bragging, because of the pride that, that we have in our teams and our conferences. That's what makes it great. I think some people just, they do they do go overboard, and, you know, it's like mom's basic nerd level, and it's, it's uncalled for.
2: Well, you know, people said the SEC got embarrassed. A couple teams did, but Auburn losing 34 to 31 in overtime against Wisconsin is not embarrassing. I mean, hell, Wisconsin's ranked higher than Auburn was going into that game. LSU losing 31 to 28, and I think it was close to overtime. It's not embarrassing. Ole Miss getting beat by 50 is embarrassing. Mississippi State getting getting shellacked by Georgia Tech is embarrassing. Mm-hmm. So I, I just think the word embarrassed is being overused a little bit when it comes to, to some of these mm-hmm. games. Because, you know, Alabama losing to Ohio State, it's not embarrassing,
1: is it? Well, no. Because, you know, I mean, they lost they lost to a damn good team. Ohio State's a good team. And, sure. and you know, they have a damn good coach who came from the SEC, by the way, but we won't go there right now, Tarzan. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I mean, obviously Urban Meyer knows what he's doing. You know, I mean, he's got three quarterbacks. Two of them guys can go start in 80% of other colleges across the country. So, you know, I, I heard somebody, I think it was, was it you that said it earlier just a little while ago about, you know, third string quarterbacks, and 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 oh, it worked out for Ohio State. Yeah, I mean, it worked out because the, the, he has he has such such a deep quarterback talent at Ohio State. I'm telling you, Cardell Jones could start at Michigan if he transferred tomorrow. J, uh, JT Barrett start at you know Indiana if he transferred tomorrow. So I mean, these guys are these guys are top prospects that came that came out of high school. It's not like you know these are scrubs. You know, like Ryan. Ryan Lindley for the Arizona Cardinals. Like, these, are, these are guys that are—they know what the hell they're doing. They're good. So, um, you know, I, I just don't like the fact that, um, you know, people use that. Well, you know, how, how does Ohio State do it with the third string? Because he's cause he's freaking good. Urban Meyer is a damn good recruiter and gets the best. That's what that's what he does. So, you know, I, I just I think that's yeah. overboard. And and, and part of me, Tarvin. Kind of wants Ohio State to lose just because how obnoxious their fans are, but I'm not going to be biased. I'm going to pick who I really think is genuinely going to win win that national championship game. Well, hold your
2: pick, man. We're not ready for that one just yet. No, I'm not going to. I'm not going to say it yet. I'm just i just throwing it and out there. Have, so you, have Aussie... you seen the point spread? Have you seen the point spread on the game? It's
1: Oregon by seven, right? I think I think that's what yeah. I heard. Oregon by seven points. That sounds that sounds about right. I think. Sounds well, we'll, about we'll right. talk about it's that. Not.
2: And guess who's on with us right now? The couch potatoes, Sonny Clark. Sonny, welcome to the show, buddy.
3: Good evening, gentlemen. Get to be here. What's going on?
2: We're talking some college football. We just we just got through talking NFL, but I would like your thoughts real quick on, on what you saw today in that Dallas game.
3: Well, I, I saw a team that probably should have lost, um, and, and I say that not because I'm a Dallas hater. Um, it, it, there, there were a couple of plays in that football game that really gave the Dallas Cowboys this football game, and I'm not. And there was one obvious one, as far as, in I say that because you take a look at the call that it was, it's that pass interference call. They were actually driving at that moment uh, towards the end. It was like 2.35 left to go in that football game. Um, it, that is a serious pickup of a, of a flag, um, and I was listening to the broadcast. They were talking about the fact that these referees never ref- but t- together before. It's a new uh, group, and they, they didn't have trust in each other. Well, that's a problem. And I'm going to say that that that's a problem because the Lions, after that play, were pretty much done. I mean, they, they let it go. But I want to go to even earlier in that game where the Dallas, after the Lions got back up on it, coming out of the third quarter, the Lions came out flat out of, the, out of the halftime. The worst thing that could possibly happen for them going into that game is to not play a full four quarters. So you had the combination of coming out in third quarter flat, then you had that play towards the end, which I think they could have maybe iced that game in reality. Um, um, and I hate to put it up on, you've got to be better if you're an official in a game like this and come back and said the excuses is that they haven't officiated together and they don't trust each other that much. That's crap. And, and if that's actually true and people were thinking that, then they got the wrong referee crew in there in that game in the first place.
2: Yeah, interference is interference. What, what made you throw that flag to begin with?
3: You yep. know, that's what I want to know.
2: I mean, you threw the flag. You saw it. So, so Dallas advances on. That's fine. But, but, Sonny, another game that kind of irked me today, Cincinnati Indy. I picked Indy, but everything you said, Marvin Lewis, you know, he's lost so many times over and over again. Dalton's not an elite quarterback. I mean, where do the Bengals go from here?
3: Well, the Bengals got a lot. I'm going to tell you right now, the Bengals' defense is good, folks. Okay, in that loss. Okay, the Bengals stopped the Indianapolis Colts four times and made a kick field goals. I mean, <laughs> I mean – And the game, yes, it ended up being a little bit different. But in the first half of that football game, we're talking about the Bengals stopping and making them kick field goals. Where was the problem? The problem was on the offensive side of the ball. And everybody's talking about Hugh Jackson getting another opportunity in the NFL. Well, Hugh Jackson could not take an up-and-coming quarterback right there and make him take that next step and get the victory into the playoffs. So folks that are actually looking at Hugh Jackson to be the guy for their football team as a head coach – I think I'm taking a step back up on it.
2: Yeah, the Bengals disappoint again. And, Sonny, I asked Cuervo this question. I mean, you know, Carolina's going to play Seattle. Which game better suits Carolina? Was it going to Seattle on the road or going to Green Bay? Which game do they match up better and have a better chance to win?
3: They don't have a snowball chance to hell on either one of them, and the main, re- and the main, re- and I, I say that because they go to if they go to Lambeau and hold. Let me rephrase that. It's better for the Green Bay Packers, but if it's snowing, forget about it. it be, because I'm telling you right now, you guys explained it to me. Someone explained it to me. Um, actually, mark that it was my brother who explained that. These guys practice in that crap. Okay, they actually practice in that crap. And if it's waning, snowing, sle- all that crap, you know, it, it, hey, the Carolina Panthers are not used to that kind of stuff. So if it's snowing and everything and it's frigid like it's, you know, thinking if that was be the way that it would go after, I would say – you know the Green Bay Packers if it's nice I say they have a chance but you know it's Aaron Rodgers man everybody's calling him the MVP this year I don't think he is the MVP that's just me personally but Seattle you know the Dallas Cowboys that's the what they did when they went up to Seattle and I hate to, I hate to admit this cuz it's the Cowboys I hate god I hate the Cowboys but the Dallas Cowboys went in there and they kicked their ass and I don't care if they were still kind of, you know, you know, you know, know, with the Super Bowl hangover. If you're the Seattle Seahawks, that's America's team. You need to beat that football team. The only team that can beat Seattle right now is Dallas, and I have to put it out there. Dallas didn't put the tail between his legs and run. They went out there. But Carolina up in Seattle, uh, Cam Newton's got to throw for 120 yards and a touchdown. Game over. I mean that, that just that set right there. If he doesn't, if he doesn't throw for 250 yards in this game, he's going to lose the football game because defense ain't going to let it happen. Um, I don't think. I That's don't think funny. they have any if, offense if, enough to get past that.
2: If if he runs for over a hundred yards, what
3: do you think? He runs over a hundred yards, they just keep him out of the end zone. The only thing you want to make sure is you don't let Cam Newton get into the end zone, whether he's throwing the football or running the football. And that's what Seattle does best. They'll keep them. To, hey, they'll keep them the field goals, and then they'll score touchdowns. The game over. I, I mean, that game's over before they even take the, take one foot over in Seattle. Well, it, it it's headed that way. I think. I think. Well, I'm anyway. I'm gonna go. I'm
2: going go one <laughs> step further with you. What if, if Cam Newton? No, no, no. You don't think it'll happen. If he goes into Seattle plays well, and gets a win and makes it to the NFC Championship game, what's your perception of him as a quarterback?
3: It de- depend on how they win the football game. If it's defensively like I would expect, okay, um, I, I would feel the same thing about cam newton i 'm not i 'm not sold on cam newton i i think he's. i think he is an okay quarterback i you know I, I guess maybe I was a little strong when i say suck because when I say suck it means that he's not, he 's not he is your franchise quarterback but he 's a franchise type quarterback he hasn 't taken that step to be the franchise quarterback and what I mean by that franchise quarterback is the one that gets the victories when you have to get the victories I, if they make it, i I'll, I will give I'll give the devil its due. If they somehow figure out a way to beat Seattle in Seattle and Cam Newton throws for more than two hundred and twenty five yards and no interceptions or turnovers, I will give the devil his due.
2: Well he is gonna throw an interception. I can fucking guarantee you that.
3: <laughs> <laughs> well let's say but, but but you know an what? interception so that doesn't Rogers. put Seven on the board. There
2: you go. But, but, but I will tell you this, so will Aaron Rodgers, so will Tom Brady. So will Peyton Manning. I think the better quarterbacks are aggressive, and they do sometimes. They they take chances. I mean, it's easy to throw screen passes all day and, and do it, but yes. it takes some balls to, to throw. But Cam Newton can get a little reckless sometimes and try to make too many things happen, and and that's what happens. But I'm excited to see what happens next week. And In about five or six minutes, I'm going hey, to bring Tarvin, a guest off.
3: Yeah. Tarvin, really quick, I will tell you this, though. He's protecting the football better when he's running the football this year. I will give him that because you know years past he had that ball out there like a, on his, with you know in his hand with a wet noodle arm. He's protecting the football a lot better when he's running with the football this year. I'll give him that too.
2: He is, and and you
3: know I've always torn apart
2: Joe Flacco, Sonny, and and he, just like yep. you, Cam Newton's away, but how stupid was I last night to go against Joe Flacco and Harbaugh on the road with
3: that defense? I mean, how
2: stupid am I, man?
3: And I was right with you, though. I mean, you, see, you, fell into, you fell into Ben Roethlisberger throwing his mind off. I mean, Ben Roethlisberger going into that game has been offensively a juggernaut to every team that he's been playing to that point, you know, here and there. I mean, these guys offensively, I mean, he's got MVP numbers okay, he's just not on an m v p football team, so he's not getting the uh, the attention that he probably would get if this was a dominating offense and a dominating defense That's the reason why look at the aaron rodgers he they, they have a dominating offense and their defense doesn't lose football games that's the reason why he's going to get the m v p so, but when you look at the Steelers, you don't you, you when you have had the dominating offense, the defense hasn't been there to help you win football games, and that's the reason why. But yeah, they made the playoffs. Yeah, they won that division. But yeah, they were in the wild card. So you look at it that way. It's kind of hard. See, me. I think J.J. Watts should get the freaking MVP. You know, you're, you went into Week 17. You're the Houston Texans. You still had a chance to make the playoffs. Yes, other teams had to lose for that to happen. But J.J. Watts was on fire. The fact of the matter is, is that he's going to get screwed out of the MVP because you you have Aaron Rodgers up there. And for all that matters, there's people actually talking about Tony Romo. He had a great day today. I cannot believe people were really honestly thinking Tony Romo is even close. To to be an MVP in this league.
2: Nah, he he's he's had a great comeback year from the injury but but not an M V P. Like you, you can sit over there and look at Luke for Carolina, the linebacker if you want to talk M V P
3: as well. I mean that's how, where would Carolina be without Luke? I mean
2: really absolutely
3: because that defense, that defense if, it's, if I'm not mistaken, wrong, you know when you add up all the stats and put them together and combine them, I, if I'm not mistaken, the Carolina Panthers are fifth or sixth in, in the league, a total defense. They, they're dominating on the defensive side of the ball. That's why Cam Newton has to get better. He has to be better. He's got to be smarter with the football than he is sometimes. And once he gets that, then I'll give him his props. And if they go far in this playoffs and and do well, end up in the NFC championship game, I'm going to give Cam Newton his props for you.
2: So I think, I think it's steps. I'm about to bring on my guests. I want you all just to stay foot with me if you can for a minute. But, you know, last year he finally made the playoffs. He found out what playoff football was about when San Francisco came into Carolina and spanked him all over the field. Well, this year he battled through some injuries. He made it to the playoffs, again, a home game. And, again, granted, Arizona's not San Francisco, but I think the getting the monkey off the bat winning that game, they may not win next week, they probably won't, but next year coming back if he's with Carolina, I think playing in those playoff games, experiencing losses in playoff games, especially in a hostile environment like Seattle, I think that'll help him and that team be ready to make a, an NFC run next year. Right. Like well, all right, guys. All right, guys. Stay put. I'm going to bring Joey Vizzi on with Fox Sports. Joey, welcome to the show, buddy. How's it going? Hey, Brian. Go Gators, baby. Oh.
0: Yeah. Been an exciting off season thus far. <laughs>
2: Joey is is with the Florida Gators here, guys. He, he covers the Florida Gators. And a lot of exciting stuff. I mean, tell me first of all, man, about Robinson leaving, T-Rob going to Auburn. I, I knew you thought you knew it was coming, right?
0: Yeah, I think everybody knew it in their heart that it was coming. I think a lot of people just kind of were in deniability. But over the last couple of days, people knew it was inevitable. Um, it's it's the best move for, for T-Rob. Um, he's, he's, he's bus champ, I'm sure. Promised him that he's going to help make him a defensive coordinator when Muschamp gets another head coaching job. So I'm sure that was a uh, a big key him going back to Auburn. Yeah, I'm
2: glad to have him back. What what does this what does this mean for Florida? Like losing Rob Robinson. But you, you I look at the the coaches. You know that that McElwain brought. I mean, this is a very good staff he assembled uh, his first year at Florida. I mean, what does the loss mean? Loser Robinson for Florida right now. Are there any recruits you're worried about that could could flip?
0: Um, with with T Rob leaving, yeah, T Rob. Uh, yeah, I mean it's a huge loss. I I think think that Jeffrey Holland is going to be an Auburn Tiger. I can tell you that. I think that's pretty much a loss. Um, I I think he's he was all in with T Rob. Um, so I think you're you know you being an Auburn guy to be excited about getting him. Um a few other uh guys um that t rob was close to um one of them being Tim Irvin who's a safety uh um he's probably not gonna come to Florida. Um pretty much ninety nine percent sure he's not coming to Florida. He was a four he's a four star and Florida really wanted him really bad and um uh, uh definitely gonna hurt as far as this year, but we're not expecting much from the 2015 class. That's not what we're building a staff for. Uh, McElwain's building a staff for next year and the year after and the year after that. Um, uh, It's really tough to have a top recruiting class when you have a new staff coming in anyway. I mean, I I think Muschamp's first recruiting class in 2011 was – I think fifteenth or sixteenth and that's only because Meyer already had a bunch of guys on the hook before he left. And uh Muschamp, um was hired early enough with a full staff where he was able to hit the road right away and, and deal the deal for guys. But uh McIlwain took his time with getting staff together. I mean he just um he just hired basically his last staff member um today. Uh which was a wide receiver coach, McDonald uh, out of Syracuse, who has uh, South Florida ties, um, who's another recruiting staff hire. Um, and I've noticed actually uh, all of McElwain's hires that he's had over the course of the last couple of weeks have all been big recruiting hires, have been guys that can go get the talent. And it takes me back to what McElwain said in his intro press conference um, when he got hired. He said, recruit daily or die. And his hires are specifically, to me, going on that message that he really believes that. I mean, he believes that if you don't recruit top-tier talent, you're not going to be a good team. And that's great and all, but we we need somebody to develop that talent. And and that that's obviously yet to be seen. We'll see after next year.
2: What is it going to look like on the field for Florida next year? I know... Driscoll's leaving. He's already he's gone. He's he's transferring somewhere. What kind of success are you are you Florida fans looking for his first year with McElwain? I mean, the defense I think will be there. I think you'll be okay there. What what kind of changes is he going to make to the offensive side?
0: Well, the offense is going to improve immediately. I mean, that's with Doug Nussmeier and uh, and McElwain working hand in hand. You're going to see the offense look immediately better. Um, the defense, I don't know how that's going to look. I, the talent, the defensive talent is there, is obviously going to be there. I mean, we're loaded with four and five stars on the defensive side of the ball, which is fantastic. Um, so that there might not be too much of a drop-off. Plus, I think Jeff Collins is a oh, great hire. I think he's an excellent defensive coordinator. Um, Mississippi State defense, before he got there, was, I mean, terrible is actually giving that word a little – too much undertones. Um, they were terrible for many, many years. And then Jeff Collins really turned them into something this year. Um, their pass defense at Mississippi State wasn't that great, but their front seven was excellent. And uh, um, so I'm excited to see what Jeff Collins is going to do on the defensive side of the ball. I, I I think that there won't be much of a drop-off um, as far as the offense. Like I said, we were so far in the basement the last couple years that there's nowhere to go but up. So it's um, – I, the only thing that concerns me is the quarterback situation because I'm not a believer in Treon Harris's quarterbacking skills. Um I think he does some nice things, um, but the jury was still out at him all season long and uh watching his performance on Saturday or yesterday, it didn't answer any more questions that I already had about him. Um he had some he had some decent nice little passes. Um he got hurt later in the game, but he had some nice plays. Um, didn't throw the ball particularly well um, on his intermediate route. That's what he struggles with. Um, He's good with the deep ball, but you can't throw the ball deep all the time. And uh, I think his height is going to be an issue because McElwain recruits offensive linemen that are 6'5", 6'6", 6'7", and I think Treon Harris being 5'10 is going to be a hindrance (laughs) for his development. So I don't think that... He has a future of the quarterback position at Florida. Um, I think Will Greer is a guy that could be emergent. Um, Driscoll's already gone reportedly. He's already transferred to Louisiana Tech as of today. Um, he, he, he was granted his release papers from his scholarship uh, yesterday after the game, so he's already on his way out. He's, um, so I think you're going to see if we don't get a quarterback in this cycle, um, then we're going to definitely hit try to hit a five-star next, cycle of 2016, but I think Will Greer is some guy that can emerge. um, Gator fans have been excited about him for the last year and a half. Um, He redshirted this year, so he does still have four years of eligibility left. Um, We're excited to see what he can do. Um, He was at a small school in North Carolina in high school, broke a lot of records, owns pretty much every passing record there is for the state of North Carolina. But again, that was against lower tier talent. Let's see what he can do in the SEC. Um, as far as uh, offensive line goes, um, this is going to be a huge recruiting year for offensive line. We have to hit our targets this year, coming signing day. Um, we're obviously in it for Martez Ivy along with Auburn. Um, I think we land Martez Ivy specifically because we retain Mike Summers, who is our offensive line coach. Um, I agree. I think, uh, yeah, I think Martez Ivy's is going to be our big getter. And um, uh, we need uh, – we need to get the big names in because I know we're not going to have many commits this year, but we need to get a few of those big names that can really catapult this 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 team going forward. Um, so, like I said, as far as offense goes, I think the offense is going to improve. I and the SEC East um, is definitely going to be a better uh, division next year. I mean, we can all we can all say that with conviction mm-hmm. that it's, it's Tennessee's not the same Tennessee it used to be. Florida. I don't. We hope. I hope that it's not going to be the same that it used to be. Georgia's going to have Nick Chubb as a future player next year. Obviously, he's ridiculous, and he probably will win the Heisman or at least be a finalist at some point in his his tenure at Georgia. Um, uh, we'll see what Bryce Ramsey can do. Uh, he's kind of an unknown. Georgia fans are high on him, which uh, currently Georgia has no offensive coordinator, so um, no one. They're kind of an unknown right now in offense. Um, South Carolina on the downslide, so I think they're going to be actually worse um, than they've been the last couple years. But Kentucky is going to be better. Tennessee is going to be better. Florida is going to be better. Georgia will be Georgia. And um, I think the SEC East is going to be very competitive, and I think that's going to be the, uh, the measuring stick. I think Florida is going to have to come out next year and prove that it can win the close games. It can win the games that Muschamp never could win. I think that's going to be the measuring stick that Florida fans want.
2: Yeah. Well Joey man, thanks for joining us tonight. Good luck to your gators. I hope they I hope they do well and everything. But real quick, what happened what happened with the guy that that crapped his pants yesterday on the field? Any any information on that for us? I know a lot of people have been talking is he okay? about that. Yeah, yeah.
3: That was, is is he okay? Yeah.
0: Does he need to see a doctor? <laughs> yeah, that was uh that was that was uh, something that I've—I I've, don't think I've ever seen. I've seen guys pee their pants. I've seen guys piss in their pants on the sidelines because they—they don't want to go back to the locker room. But I don't think I've ever seen a guy go poo in his in his pants, especially on the field. It's not like he did it on the sidelines. He—he he, he did, but I mean that it looked like maybe he had some illness going on, some diarrhea or something. I don't know, but that was bad. Dude. <laughs> He's been poor uh, guy. Uh, yeah, it, it, and Adam Lane, he's, he's a he's he's got a couple years ahead of him. He'll be back next year, and he'll probably he'll probably get he'll probably split carries with uh, Calvin Taylor next year. So you'll see a lot of him next year. I just hope he keeps keeps a clean pair of shorts. <laughs> Never, Never live it down. Joey, Joey,
2: <laughs> Joey, tell us how we can follow you on Twitter.
0: Yes, my handle is uh, Brody underscore i a k o w. That's Brody underscore, and it stands for in all kinds of weather. That's my uh, site I work for, and uh, you can follow me. Um, We're getting hot right now. Recruiting season's heating up. We only got about four weeks, a little less than four weeks left till signing day. So it's going to be an exciting next couple of weeks. Um, The dead period ends on the 14th, I believe. So once January 15th hits, you're going to see a mad rush for uh, recruiting news. So uh, stay tuned, and uh, thanks for having me on. Hey,
3: let me ask yes, him a sir. question before he gets out there. Let me ask him right, a question before ahead. he gets out of there. He's... Question really quick. How much is Titus a um, loved up down there in Florida? Uh,
0: well, well enough. Thaddeus Bullard.
3: <laughs> Thaddeus Bullard. He, 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 uh, he's the, one of the wrestlers, Titus
0: O'Neil. He yes. uh, graduated yes. big time. Titus uh, Tid- it- O'Neil actually was uh, Mr. Two-Bits this year during the season. They had him... Uh, as an honorary, uh, yeah, we, they brought back. Uh, ever since George Edmondson retired, um, they had uh, they brought back former players uh, from the past days and uh, had them do the Mister Two Bits here, which is kind of a University of Florida tradition. And and, and Titus O'Neill actually was one of Mister Two Bits. I mean, he's he's a giant. He's like six, six, six. He's huge. Yeah. <laughs> He is a monster
3: and a muscle. I just wanted to know, you know, how much they love him down there. I know he's a, I know he's a loved, uh, beloved uh, uh, member of the uh, alumni there, and uh, so I, I, that's, it's interesting that he went ahead and donned on the uh, actual uh, 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 the gator himself. So that's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, and he uh, <laughs> he came out to practice and spoke to the team and and. Uh, they they loved them and everybody was getting their pictures taken with them and you know WWF star and that so it's it's pretty funny that uh we got uh we kind of have the wrestling ties at the University of Florida uh actually uh Dusty Rhodes who's formerly known as Gold Dust yeah, lives mm-hmm. in Gainesville <laughs> so yep, uh, yep. kind of yeah he, he's a big Gator fan too so so there you go. Thank
3: you very much. It's just interesting because I, you know, I we, we do. I watch a little bit of wrestling, and he also played indoor football. And he broke his ankle when he was uh, uh, trying out for the Jacksonville Jaguars as he was coming out of Florida. So it was one of those things. So thanks a lot. All
0: right, Thank All right. Thanks,
2: thanks, Joey. Uh, great to talk to you. We'll do it again soon. That's Joey Vizzy, a big Florida Gator man. We'd love to have him on the show. Gives us a lot of detail. He reminds me of J.C. Sherbert, some of these interviews. They they overload you with a lot of information, which if you're out there listening, you don't want to hear me babble. You want to hear information. So hopefully we can get Joey back on. We're going to get J.C. Sherbert on and Tom Luganville back on in the next couple of weeks before recruiting. Hopefully get Joey back on when they get that class. Yeah, Tom. I knows love his Tom Legenbrecht. Well. That guy.
3: That guy knows his stuff, and he when he's on when he is on, and you you can listen to him talk. Man, you know he he's a wealth of information. He's good stuff. He is.
2: So guys, let's get back real quick to some college football before we get out of here tonight. Sonny Cuervo, I have both of you on, and I, I want to talk. Cuervo, I'll start with you. I mean, what did it what did it feel like watching old Florida, Urban Meyer? You know, no. Everybody said no shot in hell to beat Alabama. This game's over. Forty-five experts at ESPN were polled. Forty-four, I think, picked Alabama to win. Only one picked Ohio State. I mean, how did it look? I mean, it's it's. What's wrong going on with Nick Saban in his mind? And you look at Kirby Smart's defense over the past few years. It's starting to get shredded now, Cuervo. Where does Alabama go?
1: Um, well, you know, I mean, that's a good question, and 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 the question, I think, does does Kirby smart go? I think that's another question. We talked about yep. it off air. Uh, Tarvin and I talked about it, and you know, the uh, the defense is not dominant like they like they have been in the past. You know, and and that's there's something to be said about that because, I mean, I I don't think there's a lack of talent there. I mean, Alabama has what. Two or three first-round picks every year from from a defense, so it's not. Excuse me, it's not like if the talent's not there, it's just it all comes down to coaching and getting the most out of that talent. And I think Herbie Smart has begun to lose that that magical touch, if you will, uh, as far as getting the most out of his guys. And you know, Son, Sonny and I we talked about it a few times, Tarvin, with different coaches. Sometimes when when you're out of place for too long. You, 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 it becomes yep. white noise. You, you get tired of hearing the same stuff. You get tired of the same uh, voice. Sometimes you need a breath of fresh air, and it's hard to say that about you know Nick Saban at Alabama or even Kirby Smart at Alabama. But it's the truth. I mean, when 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 it's the same thing every year, it's like sometimes you you, you get complacent and you forget things and you don't do things, uh, certain things that you did before when. When um, you know when when the uh, when everything started, so I, I I think I think it's a possibility that we could be seeing that happening in in uh, Tuscaloosa, and we don't even we don't even either we don't realize it or we don't want to realize it. Yep, yeah. and Sunny, you know, looking at the Oregon
2: Ducks, I mean, they play Ohio State. Oregon's a seven point favorite. Is, is this the year that that Oregon finally wins a championship? Or does Urban Meyer come Man. in and, and, and take care of somebody else? I mean, I can't pick this game right now. I don't know what to think.
3: I, I, all I know is I hate betting against Urban Meyer. That's you know we can sit and talk about that we can talk about the quarterback play we can talk about the defense and everything else but in this game it's got you know you get the extra added uh, up on top of as far as coaching and and it, really in the game like what we're going to see as far as the national championship if you leave that part out of it you can talk about offense defense and special plays but the coaching's got to be right there with Urban Meyer I've already picked this game I'm going with Urban Meyer and the boys I I just I can't. You know, once you've got that experience that is going out, and this guy knows how to win, he's done it before. You know, so this is nothing that's new to him. Oregon, that's a little bit different. I, 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 you know, go through. You don't have Chip Kelly out there doing that for you anymore. Um, so you've got a little bit of a difference that you're going to have to deal with. However, I'm glad to see Oregon back there without Chip Kelly. That, that's, that's a. Big big time motivation uh, for players as well because you got a pretty good coach that was able to get you there. Not named Chip Kelly. And Sonny,
2: how, I mean, I, and here's the deal: Kelly laid the foundation for everything mm-hmm. Elbert is doing right now. But it's some great momentum. But how nice was it in your mind? I don't know how you liked it or not. Nice. Watching Oregon just blow
3: Florida State
2: off the field, New Year's yeah. Day.
3: I I I I thought it was. Well, I, I, I the happiness—it's it, an over—it's an overjoying thing when you sit, you're sitting there watching that because some, you know, everybody likes to watch the big guys go down, right? I mean, and but more in yeah. fact I like the fact because the the committee didn't get the game they wanted. Okay, that's the reason why I'm happy because it almost forces the committee and the whole playoff to go to an eight uh, eight game next year you know what i'm saying because if you still look at TCU look what they did to in their final game i mean they just wiped i forgot who they played they just wiped them out in the bowl game um and you know it, oh, there's shit. still talk yeah so i mean yeah there's still there's always going to be talk and i think the fact that that ended up happening that way I think that uh, puts the committee in a position and the NCAA where they might have to think about doing it. They won't do it next year because they should. So that's why it's not going to happen. So you can probably look for it the uh, year after.
2: Well, I mean, if if we hadn't gone to 14 this year, you would have probably seen, I, I believe I'm right on this, Alabama and Florida State playing, and we know what would have happened in that game probably, but we wouldn't have got yep. a chance to see Ohio State, how good they were, and we wouldn't have got a chance to see Oregon, how good they are right now. I mean, these these four teams, I mean, three, I, I don't think Florida State, and I've said this before and I'll say it again, i said Ohio State shouldn't have deserved to go, and I, I still don't believe Ohio State deserved to be in that game, but they came in, they took care of business, I respect them a lot more than I did before, and I you can ask Paul Ewing, he's listening right now. I said Florida State and Ohio State shouldn't have been in the top four. I mean, imagine if T C U and Oregon had a played in that Rose Bowl instead of T or Oregon, Florida State, Cuervo. I mean, how better of a game would that have been? Uh,
1: if who would have played?
2: If T C U would have played Oregon instead of
1: Florida State playing Oregon. Oh my God! That would have been that would have been a game to watch. I think I think Oregon would have done the same thing to be honest with you, but I think it would answer no. a lot of questions. That, that would answer a lot
2: yeah, of questions. It could, like yeah, yeah, it, it could have. I mean, it would have been a better game, but I think Sonny's right. I think the only way you could probably get this right is an 18 playoff. You have the five conferences. Everybody gets in. If you win your conference, you're a major five powerhouse. You get in. And then you have three at-large wild card teams, really. And Sunny, that would be a lot more exciting to see that format than the four teams this year. I mean, it's been exciting, but I think it could be just a little bigger and more exciting.
3: I think so too. And 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 if they and if they also want to look at it as forms of money, um, obviously I think the the money would be there for them to continue doing that as well.
2: And, and, Sonny, what would you think about the Florida State team? Only a handful of them. Probably 75% left the field, didn't even come across and shake the hands of the Oregon Ducks.
3: Um I, 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 you're you're probably asking the wrong person, um, <laughs> because I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. I mean, I, because I, and I, I'm going to say it, and I've always said this, and I've been ripped for it every single time I say it, but I'm going to say it again. These guys are emotional guys, you know, and you know they're not happy. And, you know, I, I yes, I guess if they're going to be the professional or whatever, I'm giving these guys a skate. I'm giving them a, an opportunity to be pissed off and walking out, you know, hell with you. I ain't shaking you. Forget you. I'm not happy. I, I'm, I'm okay with it. it. That part doesn't bother me because you're, a lot of these guys, you're talking about this is the last time they're going to have a college game to play. Um, and so they're just a little bit emotional. And at least they're not out there, you know, beating the hell out of someone you know, afterwards, and just, you know, not very much interested in talking or congratulating another team that just got done whipping your ass. So, you know, I get it, and I understand it, and I'm all right with it.
2: (laughs) Yeah, Cuervo, I think after 29 wins in a row, I mean, come out and shake hands with somebody. I mean, show that you can, you know, characters judge when things are going bad how you respond. That's how you... You, you grow as a young man. What kind of program is Jimbo Fisher running where his team doesn't even come? And I heard somebody saying there was a rule in place that only a certain amount of kids can come shake hands. I think that's bull crap. I think that's Florida It is crap. It's excuses. an excuse. Yeah, yep. they making excuses. Come on, get real. Cuervo, what's your thoughts yeah, look on that? Yeah,
1: I never I never heard of that rule, first of all. Second, um you know, uh, as far as the type the type of program and things like that, um I mean, it's a winning one, first of all. I mean when you win twenty nine in a row that's that's a pretty good that's a pretty good deal. So uh but as far as you know being I I mean, you can't I don't I I don't wanna say you can't fault them for not wanting to shake hands. However, I'm sure if you would have won I'm I'm just going to use the shoes on the other foot here in this situation. So had Florida State won the game, you know, would they have expected Oregon to shake hands with them? You know, and and, and if the answer is yes, then I think it's only only fair. It's only right. It's only uh, the the, the sportsman thing to do to, to, hey, man, good game. You know, and that's it. You don't have to sit there and make a speech and talk about, oh, you know, Next year, this and good luck here and just, hey, good game, man. Uh, you know, yeah. Ben, and you can walk away. And that's it. It's three. It's it's two seconds to to shake a hand and say good game, and then it's over. And you know, as far as as far as um, you know, losing and, and not knowing how to lose. That's when you know what type of character you have as a football team, as an individual, as a player, as a man. You know, because when things are great, you know, it's easy to it's easy to be like, "Hey, man, good game!" and 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 you know, you expect you expect to show short uh, be shown sportsmanship and things like that. But in in, in the moments when when you know it, it's it's you're 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 losing and and uh, things aren't going your way that's when you really, you know, the, the true colors come out. So that, that to me, is, it's said a lot about Florida State.
2: I have an example. The last year's Iron Bowl game is emotional. Sonny said, people, the kids are emotional. I get that. Auburn just returned a 109-yard miss field goal for a touchdown to win the Iron Bowl to go to the SEC championship. What you saw was Alabama's entire team walking there, and they all greeted each other, hugged, whatever, and moved on. See, that's what it's about. When you get your butt kicked, pay your Pay your dues to the other team. Tell them congratulations. Move on. I know you're not in the best of moods, but it shows character. It shows class, and that shows the leadership of your team. Jimbo Fisher has zero, and I mean zero, control of that Florida State team. He has none Well, that whatsoever. part i
3: agree with you on.
2: That part i agree run with you <laughs> The prisoners run the asylum. He has no clue about what it means to be a leader, a mentor, to hold people accountable. And that's the problem I have. And, and one thing that pissed me off even more with the Florida State fans trying to make excuses. Now let's move on to the Oregon side with the chant after the game, then doing the chop saying no means no, and they kept singing that. <laughs> so, you know, I thought that was funny, honestly. I mean, I, I don't know. Kids <laughs> are going to be kids. You know, kids will be kids, Sunny Clark, in, the, in that yep. way, you know.
3: Yeah, and but, I, I go back to the other the other feeling I feel about the other side. Don't care. I I just you know you, they're <laughs> they're in that moment, and you know you, you know and, and let's be honest. I mean, you you talk about all year long. Everybody's talking about Jameis Winston. Why not because of his on the field accolades? Okay, and you know frankly, you know, they he almost deserves to hear that back in his face, especially yep. after the the college was and I'm going to I'm just going to say it. So bl- not blinded, but you know, just so hypocritical. I mean, it, it, any college in the world needs to put that guy on the bench and he needs to be out of the program okay, all the crap that he pulled this year. You know, I don't think we expect that kind of thing to happen in Alabama. If that happened in Alabama, I'm sure Nick Saban wouldn't have any problem putting in the backup quarterback. Now, you know, I, maybe I might be wrong. I, I just think that they had nothing going for him. If they don't have Jameis Winston, they don't win a football game. It's not like this is a guy just sitting on the sideline who very rarely gets an opportunity to play. This is the guy that is your main focal point of your college and your football program you've got to do something about it and the fact that they went ahead and just let him do whatever the hell he wanted to do which is obvious um it, it, he almost deserves to get that back in his face so
2: I, I like to see he was one of the players that went across the field and shook the hands i like to see that i think maybe possibly there's hope for this kid one day maybe But, you know, he's going to have some problems once he gets to that next level in the NFL if he doesn't mature because these guys will kill him, Sonny. They will rip his head off and enjoy every minute of it.
3: How long, I guess, is the question? The, is he going to get to, the, you know, before everybody, you know, we can go back to use Des Bryan as an example. He's been a good boy for two years. He's been a good, pay him on the head. How long do they give Jameis Winston and when he walks in there to whatever team that he ends up? Someone's going to draft this kid. I mean so that that part's going to happen. Um the the question is is you know how much of a leeway do they give him and you know you know he, he, the, the best thing they could do is probably sit him down with a bunch of video games during the week, you know, during the season, and say, don't you even walk out the door. Um, here's your video games, we'll find you a couple of hoes, make sure everybody's happy, and, and stay out of trouble. You know, And, and that's what almost any football team is going to have to do with him. They're going to have to babysit him just like they did with Des Bryant. And then I go back to the same question, how long do you babysit the guy and how many excuses is someone going to make for him when he goes out there who – yeah, let's be honest, he's going to screw up at some point in the NFL. It's just going to happen, and you know it.
2: Well, Cuervo, I'll ask you, who does Tampa take with that first pick next year? Are they going to take Mariota all the way from Oregon, or are they going to stay home and take Jameis Winston to try to turn that program, that team around? You know they desperately need a quarterback, and that's exactly what
1: they're going to get if they don't trade that pick. You know what? Um Gosh, Tarvin, that's 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 a good question. I think if you keep the pick, um, believe it or not, I I think I would still take Winston, and, and the and the reason I would still well. take Winston is I, I would still take Winston, and, and I'll tell you why. Because first of all, he's 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 better built, so to speak. I mean, he's 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 probably weighs about what thirty more pounds than than uh yeah. than Mariota does. I mean, yep. Mariota's not going to – and that's why I think Mariota won't last very long in the NFL because he's too small. He's too small. I mean, yeah, he may be quick and all, and, and he runs that Oregon offense, you know, really nicely, but that doesn't translate to the NFL. So I, I, I think I think you, you you take Winston, number one, or trade that bad boy. If you don't trust either one of those guys, you get rid of it. Mm-hmm. I, I think it was funny, Do you think Jemez Winston's going to be
3: a good NFL quarterback? I mean, really, and I've watched him all year because you're forced to. Um, yeah, is, is this guy really going to amount very much into the NFL? I don't think so.
1: I think he'll do better than Mariotta will. I think it's well,
3: too
2: I,
1: okay, slow. I think it's too slow, and I think the release one. is too slow. Funny? It, 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 yeah, but,
2: I mean, it, it, that's
3: something
1: you can work
0: it, it, on, though.
3: Yeah, it's. I, at That part, I think you're right. I think what Cuervo just said. Say that again. Better than Mariota. I, I think. I think I'm right there with you, Cuervo. I think when I look at the guys and I, I compare them and I really look at it. And and of course, Sonny's going to throw in the personal part of it. I'd much rather have Mariota, um, and you know, up up on the top. But at the same time, I, I, I'm right there with you, Cuervo.
1: I think. I, I think I agree with you. Yeah, I mean, I mean, you look at you look at Manziel. I mean, he wound people in college and things like that. But now you see in the NFL. I mean, if you go back and you look at the play that he got hurt on, that that knocked him out for the for the last game of the year, last two games of the year, it was it was a basic thump to the shoulder that and got knocked out of bounds. Right. I mean, it's not like it was a <laughs> humongous
0: hit, like yeah, yeah. like you remember that hit that
1: Reggie Bush. Remember when Reggie Bush was at the New Orleans Saints? Remember the hit that that Eagles player gave him? Now that was yes. a hit.
3: Back him up about six yards. Mm-hmm.
1: Exactly. Now that's a hit. I can understand. Yeah. You don't get back up from very quickly. So, but you know, Manziel took a hit that most quarterbacks just you know shrug off. Guys like uh, yeah. you know, uh, Roethlisberger or Flacco or 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 even well, when when Cutler's wearing his man pants, he can get back up from that hit, but. Yeah, don't um, mean he won't cry, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll, he'll do some <laughs> crying, but but Mariota is the same guy. He takes a hit like that, you don't know if he's getting back up because he's just so small. and
3: Yeah,
2: he, uh, he's 6'4",
1: 220.
2: That's what Mariota is, 6'4", 220.
1: Yeah, if he needs to put, I, I'd say if he put on another maybe 15 pounds, he'd be good.
3: Yeah, I was going to say 20 to 25, like all pure muscle
2: what he Winston eats. eats. Winston, 6'4", 230.
1: They're mostly fat. <laughs> mostly fat. <laughs> <laughs> no, give like, him a butterfinger, like, like,
2: man. He's like, Jared Lorenzen. he's like Jared Lorenzen, the lineman, you know. So, look, here's the deal. If you're Tampa, if you fall into that trap of getting one of those guys – You're screwed. You could be, but if you don't take one of them, who are you going to get? I mean, Tampa is the worst team in football for a reason. Tarvin, they're stuck. They're stuck
3: with. They're stuck with Josh McCown because of the money. They gave him too much money. They guaranteed him so much money that he almost has to be there next year because if they cut him, they still got to pay him because that was guaranteed money. I mean, so they. Yeah, well, no, well, they, they cut him, but he's still going to get that money. Uh, but at the same time, you, you go back to what Cuervo said. Who else are you going to get? Well, almost anybody now because it's Josh McCown. It, it, you can take the flyer. You can take a flyer chance on somebody else if you're willing to eat the contract. But it's not like it's Tony Romo If you get rid of Tony Romo Who are you going to replace him with This is Josh McCown for God's sake So you can almost take a shot on anybody But at the same time what I say When you bring in a quarterback What are you going to tell your fans What kind of guy you're going to bring in there Is he going to be a franchise quarterback Or a guy that's capable of being it, Or is he just going to be a wing nut on the side And you know a backup quarterback A career backup quarterback Who has no business on a football field
2: Hey, I know a good quarterback. He's a third-string quarterback for Arizona. He's looking for a place to play after last night. How
3: would he fit in Tampa, Sonny? Hey, he couldn't do any worse, you know. Yeah, you know, my gosh, I, and that's a that's a guy, I, you know, unfortunately I feel bad for, but at the same time, you know, Arizona's got to be smarter than that, though. I mean, you know, it, 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 how many weeks have they known that you're not going to get Carson Palmer back? And, what are you doing? I mean, maybe I don't know. Maybe they've been on the phone. Maybe I, I can think of well, you you know, a Pee-Bow not quarter
2: play in. quarter
3: play better than that. That's what I'm talking about. How come they didn't pick up the phone and call Tim Tebow? He's better than Lindley hey, and if you guys think I'm cr- that crazy, go ahead. Tebow, even right now, he hasn't even – in football Football form would have been better than Lin uh, Lindley right there. I said it, and I'll say it again. That guy's got the capability of the being the best backup quarterback in the NFL. Yep. He's been there. He's done that. And not a – he, he won a playoff and game. He won a playoff game. And he's won – exactly and it don't matter how it happened it did and so you know but man literally is bad that that was just god awful and and here's the thing i don't feel sorry for bruce arians okay i don't because they should have been smarter than that that should have been a walk up the stairs to the general manager's office and go you better get your ass on the phone I mean, we're about ready to go into a <laughs> playoff game with a guy. It can't. He, he, this guy is gonna kill us. And the first, we gotta find someone. And I don't even give. You know. Yeah, and I'll even put it to the point. Who was that Raider quarterback that um, that got paid an astronomical amount of money? And he might be a, that big fat boy now. He might be able to come out there and do it. You, <laughs> DeMar- you, yeah, Russell. Yeah, yeah, Marcus Russell? Yeah, Marcus Russell. Bring somebody for God's that has experience or something. Because if they I, – I, listen, everybody was calling the game the fact that the Carolina Panthers sneaking into the playoffs and they were going to win the first round. It wasn't because the Arizona yep. Cardinals are not a good football team. It's because your
1: fucking quarterback
3: sucks. And you've got to do something call about Farbe? it, and they drop the ball.
2: I, I, I guarantee you Brett Favre could have come in last night. And at least throw for
3: one hundred and fifty. dollars Yeah. <laughs> it, it, how about – did you hear the story Rex Grossman gave up $56,000 to play to play one week? I forget what it was, what team it was. They were offering him that out. Um, but Rex Grossman said no. I mean, geez louise. I, I, he know, say he I guess he loves he his says family. He said no to the Cleveland Browns, you know. And, and you look at yeah, what that's
2: Pittsburgh what it was. did. You, you saw what Pittsburgh did going out. They they knew what they needed. They got Ben Tate. They 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 did what they needed to do to advance. Yep. They didn't advance, but at least give them a shot. That that I mean, you could see the deflation in every Arizona player's face yesterday. Just seeing this guy. I mean, he. God. I mean, it was Seventy him. yards. Seventy yards in a football game, Cuervo. Have you ever seen anything that bad? I mean, I've never seen anything that bad.
1: Historically, it's never happened. It's never happened in the historically playoffs. in the playoffs. Yeah, I mean the, the 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 Panthers set a record yesterday, guys. In case you didn't hear it, uh, for at least amount of yards given up in the playoff game. And That's not true. that it shocks anybody, but but the fact that it happened, you got to be embarrassed if, the, if you're the uh, Arizona Cardinals.
3: Absolutely, and, I mean, you got to almost fire the general manager.
1: I, I wouldn't go that far, Sonny. I mean, yes, injuries played a big part in you know why they were in the position they were in but but at the same time like you said you know you it's not like Carson Palmer got hurt Saturday, uh you know Friday night and you're playing Absolutely. a game on Saturday you
3: know they that's know that's the
1: point uh or, or you know what honestly i think they should have tried uh Logan Thomas the rookie from Virginia Tech maybe he would have gave them a better shot because he's a dual threat and i mean it's not like the guys an idiot i mean he was you know i mean Virginia Tech's a respectable school i don't know where to help Ryan Lindley went to college, but well I know about Virginia Tech, and and they they you know they can uh, they they produce some pretty good NFL talent. So I think I think personally they should have gave Logan Thomas the, the, the you know yep. the opportunity to. What kind of shape is Jeff right. Garcia in? I mean, come on, for God's <laughs> sake! I, I
3: mean,
2: that's mean, that's one of the first of <laughs> exactly, yeah, the That's almost
1: available. Joe Joe Namath would have
2: thrown better than that. Look at, I mean, oh, you look
3: at if you are not a good enough general manager to get someone on the phone for Arizona, I, I'm sorry, that's that's a problem, and that's going to be a problem going on later on. That general manager has no pull, none. Okay, and the Arizona Cardinals need to be worried about their general manager that they can't get someone on the phone and get someone in there. Okay, if you were not that, hell, I could have found a quarterback that could go in there and play better. I mean, for crying out loud, and I'll, I'll put this out there, but you guys don't know who he is, Chris Dixon. Okay, he is the MVP of the IFL could have went out there and done better than Lindley. You've got to go out and find somebody. If you can't pick up the phone as a general manager and get an old quarterback who who may be one year out of the league to come in and fill in for four weeks for a a chance at the playoffs, a chance for the Super Bowl, if you get a guy that's good, come on. There's something wrong with your general manager and he's got to go.
2: Well, guys, before we go tonight real quick, I don't know if you've heard that Georgia is looking into giving Mark Rick, the coach who's been there for about 80 years, an extension. His contract, his current contract right now, he has three years left on it. It pays him $3.2 million, and that goes through 2017. Sonny, this coach has a 739 winning percentage. He's 136 and 48. But he can't win the big game. He's had one SEC championship in all that tenure. He's been there. He chokes every year. Why is Georgia doing this? Do they love to kill their fans? Do they love to to finish second or third in the East every year? Why would you give this man a raise?
3: That what is popping into my mind because I didn't hear the story until you told me. But what's what's popping into my mind is the uh, is uh, Papa, or uh, you know, uh, um. Um uh, over at Penn State. Joe Pho Joe Pop. That's what's popping in my mind. Joe Pop. It's popping in my not because of all the nonsense with the with the child rape and everything. You're talking about a guy that <laughs> needed to have been gone ten years before he was gone. Okay? And that yep. that's what comes into my mind. And you, you know at at some point you've just gotta let this go. And, and sometimes, as, a, as an organization and/or college, you got to go into a different direction, especially if you're just getting the same thing over and over and over. When was last time Georgia really was relevant for the national championship? So that just goes to show where they are as a college. Are they that much into it as far as the national championship is concerned? And if they are, they have to make the change. But if they're just if they're just okay with what's going on. Then maybe he is the right guy. It just all depends on the mentality of the athletic director and what they're trying to do as a, as a program. The uh, Cuervo, you know how I feel
2: about Mark Rick in Georgia. I mean, why, I mean he has three years left on his deal. Why would you even think about doing an extension? I mean, this means you can't get rid of this guy unless you're going to go broke. Is Cuervo still there? I don't know if Cuervo's there, but I just read no Cuervo's gone. But I just read that that they would owe him eight hundred thousand a year if he was dismissed before the end of his contract, which is not bad, me I mean, his that, contract's that, three point that, two million. That's
3: pennies, man. That's yes. pennies. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about a a college that is getting paid what almost six million dollars in endorsements for shoes, right? Yep. I mean, geez, Louise, how much are they getting as far as the endorsement with the shoes? They can afford to dump the dump the money, and pay them. Hell, give give them the money to, and just see him out the door and say, "Hey, thanks for the memories." You know, put on the faint Sinatra song on his way out the door and find someone younger who can run the program.
2: <laughs> exactly. Well, guys, we're gonna get off here. I've got to get ready to, for a long day tomorrow at work. Thanks, Sonny and Cuervo for joining us. Thanks, Joey. Calling in, doing an interview Guys, we'll see, when's your next show, Sonny?
3: Well, I've got basketball On Tuesday, so, but, um, we're gonna Probably, uh, go back and uh, Are they having games Saturday? Well, the next is probably yep. gonna be Saturday As far as the format is concerned, so We'll be on Saturday
2: Saturday and Sunday, thanks, guys We'll be out live Wednesday night, 8.30pm Eastern, we'll preview the National Championship game and the The four playoff games coming up this weekend Take care, and we'll see you Wednesday night. The way you go.
3: With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.